0: Heavenly Father, use the words that I speak for your glory. Amen. At one time, I worked the night shift at the Operations Control Center at Delta Airlines. Often I would work alone, but occasionally one of my other teammates would be helping me with crew schedules and reroutes. We had TV screens all over the complex. And most of the time, the TV screens were tuned in to the Weather Channel. Now, you know that regular weather is boring. So the Weather Channel tries to highlight the most extreme things happening all over the world. In the same way we're now starting to hear about El Nino, we would often see reports on the Weather Channel about El Nino with floods and sometimes lightning strikes with their resulting fires. Oh, and then you would see that poor reporter in the yellow raincoat somewhere in a downpour along the Pacific coast. You've seen this before. Most of the time, the TV reports would go, Completely unnoticed by myself and by my coworker. But on one quiet Atlanta night, when we really didn't have a whole lot of work to do, my coworker, we're just working along, my coworker just blurts out, mm hmm, something about that in the book of Revelation. And I said, what? Something about that in the book of Revelation. So I tried to put on my Episcopalian voice of reason and say, yes, but I think that was meant for the end of time, not just because there's bad weather today. And she abruptly cut me off and said, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, everybody has their own beliefs. And I said, but all I said was, no, everybody has their own beliefs, to which I realized this conversation was over. This Sunday, the 15th of November, 2015, this Sunday, for some, might seem like we're approaching the end times. El Nino is reported to be back this year, the strongest ever. And at the time that I wrote this sermon, I had no knowledge really of Beirut and Baghdad, but I did know about Paris. Paris is, well, Friday was the bloodiest day for France since World War II and comes just 11 months after 16 people were killed in terror attacks of the Paris office of the newspaper Charlie Hebdo and also that day a kosher grocery store. We also know a police officer was shot dead by a militant between those attacks So in Paris, friends have been lost. Questions are multiplying. Anxiety is looming. Is this now a threat or reality of a new war? What do we do now? I'll be honest and tell you that I had planned today to preach a stewardship sermon about how we respond to God's grace in times of need. Because the truth is that Trinity Cathedral needs all of us. Needs all of us to pledge to the life and the ministry of this beloved place. Everyone's participation in our stewardship campaign is very much needed. Everyone's. But people have died the ugly reality of global terrorism emerged again. And some people fear the worst is yet to come. Jesus called these moments the birth pangs. They're not pleasant. They're quite terrible, demoralizing, tragic. But they don't define us. They don't define us. They don't define our identity, and they absolutely do not define our future. Many of Jesus' disciples heard all sorts of rumors about the end times. False prophets were everywhere, predicting when the end of the world was going to occur. And with the hatred of the Roman occupation and the constant threat of civil unrest— You can't blame the disciples for wanting to know from Jesus. They wanted Jesus to explain when the kingdom of God would be fully realized, when the wrong would be set right, and when God's freedom and release would be proclaimed upon everybody. Heck, wouldn't you want to know this as well? But Jesus doesn't do this. He calls these moments the birth pangs. The reign of the Messiah is here and now, and the forces of evil don't like it. So there are birth pangs. Birth pangs of tragedy, of fire and flood. Birth pangs of national wars, of earthquakes and famines. Is this the end? The end for good? No, it's the beginning of God's kingdom. So there are birth pangs. When the birth pangs strike against the people of God, God is not silent. God acts through us. God acts through us. Some of you might know this story, but the context of it is really appropriate for today. In 1998, Swiss Air Flight 111 crashed off the coast of Nova Scotia. Over 300 people died. There were no survivors at all. I was in Delta's operations control center when the shocking tragedy struck, and the next day I was tapped on the shoulder and deployed to New York to meet a family who had lost their daughter, to stay in the area for a few days with the family, and then eventually to travel with the family to the crash site. I, along with a colleague, were asked to take the family to go to Halifax, the site of the crash. We flew up a few days later, mired with a sense of shock and tragedy, and the grief of the family was palpable. Pain was all around. It was a really hard time. And when we got there, the birth pangs of this great tragedy yielded new life in the kingdom of God in a way in which I had never, ever seen before in my life. We get there, and random people would show up to the hotel where the victims' families were staying and offered toys for their children. Other people would bring in cookies and cakes just for things for people to eat on while they were working. Others people showed up and offered to make international phone calls to family members who didn't yet know all of the details of what was going on. Other people showed up just to do people's laundry. And people offered anything they could to the rescue workers who were literally working around the clock to find out what actually happened. I've never seen such a tired group of people before in my entire life experiencing the birth pangs of this new reality. Heavy hearts of tragedy infused their spirit but there was also a levity of joy and hopefulness that permeated every act of kindness. The hope of new life and love offered by workers to families by the volunteers to the families of the victims helped and demonstrated the selflessness of human goodness. This Self-giving, self-emptying love helped so much to where people began to see many aspects of life and living in general as a priceless gift, a blessing. And new life did result, even literally. I found out about 18 months after I came back that the older sister of my family's deceased daughter, the older sister gave birth to a baby girl exactly one year after the date of the plane crash. The same date, literally new life. Witnessing the family's appreciation for the local heroes in the search and rescue effort, along with everyone's appreciation for the hopefulness in the midst of the tragedy offered by the employees of Swiss Air and Delta Airlines and the people of Halifax. These actions of gratitude and thanksgiving helped my 26-year-old self realize in a big way that the birth pangs of difficulty can yield to a calling, to a yearning to dwell in the kingdom of God, to yearn to dwell in a reality where the goodness of God that Jesus taught can actually be seen and felt and sought out on a daily basis. If I hadn't immersed myself in the birth pangs of that tragedy of Swiss Air Flight 111, I would not be standing in front of you right now. This I know. But imagine this weekend how God has called hundreds, maybe thousands of people, to yearn for the kingdom of God as a result of this weekend's tragedies. God is most definitely, we know this, God is most definitely in the relief efforts of Friday's tragedy. But our active God is calling new people, new people into a yearning for the life of the kingdom of God as well. Some of those calls have been issued in Paris. But my guess is that each one of you, each one of you, whenever you've heard the news about a tragedy or a friend's illness or some other kind of setback, I'll bet that each one of you yearns for a better solution, for a better cure, for a better sense of healing, or even a better life, in whatever way that is which you conceive. If you have that longing, that feeling inside of you, the kingdom of God is drawing near to you too. And so we respond. Respond to that call to turn, to go a new way into a renewed life with Jesus who by his life and ministry shows us what real living is all about. It's a journey, but it's not solitary. We're in this together, striving for new life into a new reality, maybe even receiving or taking on a new calling, maybe a new desire for something greater than ourselves. But we do this as Jesus' disciples on a journey. Together, through thick and thin, through triumph and tragedy, accompanying one another through the birth pangs of life into a new reality of living that will be greater than anything we can ask for or even imagine. When the birth pangs of life strike against the people of God, God is not silent. God will act. Oh, yes. God will act through you.